What's going on, podcast world? It's your man, Terrence J. Welcome to Real Talk Podcast. Today's topic, we're going to talk about when is it okay to allow non-blacks in black spaces? I have a special guest on. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Hello, you guys. My name is Janaea Davis, and I have a show called Boss Conversations with Janaea. My YouTube is at Janaea D23, J-A-N-E-A-H-D-23. And so, um, thank you so much for allowing me to come on your podcast. Okay, okay. How you been doing over there? I'm good. I'm over here in the Chicago land area. Um, warmed up a little bit today, but you know, we we still in the midst of our almost winter let go. <laughs> already, already. Well, yeah. Let's get on right off into it. Well, you know, this is a conversation here that um. That's an overdue conversation and which is the topic of when is it okay to allow non-blacks into black spaces? So my first question is, when is it okay um, to allow non-blacks in black spaces? So I think that there are times where you might not be able to help um, them coming in. Like say you have a family member who has married or is dating a non-black and so okay they're going to be coming into our space they're going to be coming to our family cookouts and and things that we do as a family but um i think that you know i don't uh, in social places maybe um business aspect you can't work anywhere without dealing with non-blacks um but other than that i believe that our sacred places need to be our sacred places. And we don't need to really allow people we aren't comfortable with inside of our places if we don't want to. A lot of times I feel like um, people embed themselves within our our sacred places and then mock us, try to come and mock us and steal our, you know, our swag, our energy, all of that stuff. And we don't speak up even if it's uncomfortable for us and we need to start speaking up about that. Right, which I totally agree on that. Um, because it's definitely a overdue conversation um that we should have, especially when it comes to our space. Um, now the second question would come, um, have you experienced um this type of situation? <laughs> I have. Okay. I have, definitely. Um I went to school in Georgia. I lived in Georgia for a while. And it was definitely a totally different dynamic coming from the Midwest, from Chicago to Georgia. And it was a lot of that going on. I remember going to Norcross High School and how, like, a lot of the non-blacks would want to mimic the black kids there and I just I don't know it was always uncomfortable for me always uncomfortable for me but um I kind of have a, a closed circuit and I don't really you know we we don't really let people outside of our circle in too much but I, I have family members who have married um non-blacks and so we do welcome them and up to our space because we love our family members uh, but other than that no, I don't deal with it too much myself. Right, which you uh, which you have a valid point on that as well. Um, 
like I said, when it comes to family, um, you know, in those type of situations, you know, you can be pro-black, uh, uh, but that's just you. That's still your family. You love them, but you have to love them from a distance. You're not going to be disrespectful um, to their mate, even though that they married or they're dating um, outside of the black normal um, pro-black race. So I definitely understand that. So let's get off into the third question. How non-blacks treated you when you entered their space? I remember I had to learn my lesson, as they would say, about where to go and not to go in Georgia when I first moved there. So back in the early 90s, this was like coming up on the end of a long era of just blatant racism. But I moved to Stone Mountain, Georgia, and... I was with some friends and we were walking through downtown Stone Mountain and they have all these little storefronts that have these big porches, you know, the um, the down south country way. And I would, wanted to go into one of the stores and I remember my friends was like, no, we don't go in those stores, uh, like certain stores. And now they got Confederate flags all these stores were held in Confederate flags at the time. But I'm coming from Chicago, like, ain't nobody else know we don't see Confederate flags. Like, but we're still, to this day, really segregated. So I was about to go up the stairs, and it was some big old, big old Caucasian men sitting on the porch. And one of them said, uh, girl, you don't want to come up these stairs. And I was like, what? And he was like, you heard me, girl. And I was like, girl. And he was like, you need to keep on moving with them other ones. And I was just like, what? And my friends was like, girl, come on, let's go, let's go. So fast forward when the movie Life came out. Okay. When I tell you I felt that white song in passing, <laughs> because <laughs> that there was a white song in store. And I learned because, like, that it was a lot of blatant, you know, like, racism. And But I had to learn where to go, where not to go, to stay outside of their spaces because you might come up missing. But we didn't have that in them. We didn't have that energy in the Midwest, you know. Everybody might work together, go to, some people go to school together with different races, but we all go lay in our own communities. And so we have a Chinatown, Little Italy. Um, like, we are still very segregated. And I, I don't know, you know, like, we, we didn't, I didn't experience that type of energy in the Midwest. So coming down south, that was definitely a wake-up call. You know, I was told things like, you can't say that, that stuff around white people. And I'm like, what? Do y'all people know that we free? Like, I used to be so culture shocked when I first moved down there. Mm-hmm. Because it was a lot of rules. Right. But we didn't have those rules in the Midwest. You know what I'm saying? We'll say whatever we wanted to white people, Jews, to whoever. Like, it didn't, it didn't matter. Mexicans, whoever. Like, everybody, you know, but, but we all were living in our perspective spaces as well. So... Yeah. Yeah, which is which I really understand that. Um, 
and it's kind of crazy. Um, but I even tell people this, what I love about, um, non-blacks in the South compared to non-blacks up North and Midwest and the West Coast, uh, non-blacks down South, they're going to let you know, I don't like you. Um, and, and, and I'm okay with that, you know, because I don't like you either. So now that we have the same energy, um, so I definitely understand that. But when you go into like the Northern states, like a Boston, a Maine, a New Jersey, um, those different, um, cities, like it's kind of different up that way. Because when you're dealing with racism, even in 2022, you're still dealing with racism. Um, even in Boston and Maine and New Jersey and Buffalo, New York, and, and, and you know what I'm saying, those states. Um, and it's sad that we even have in this conversation um, in 2022 um, about those situations. And even when you think about um, the West Coast and, and California with the whole Rodney King situation, which that 25th anniversary, year anniversary of that going on, that's coming up as well. Um, you know, but... I think overall, when you look at racism within itself and you talk about this in 2022, um, these type of conversations about black spaces um, should be had. And, and, you know, we need our space to be a safe haven space, you know, especially for us dealing with us and our issues on how to be a better you and a better me. So I got a question that just popped in. Um, somebody just sent me a question. Um, believe non-blacks think of our black issues in a systematic way. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. Um, definitely. Um, I think that's why I think it's important for us to be able to have our own spaces and to be able to speak up about having our own spaces. Um, and allowing us to process what we go through because everything has been systematic to put us where we are. It's been a systematic process to put us where we are. So the thing is, is why would they not want to keep trying to penetrate our spaces because they need to know if the system works. You know what I'm saying? And, and I definitely think I definitely think so. It's 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 really crazy just the way all of this is set up and how some of us are so programmed that we can't tell somebody like, bro, this is this is us. This is us. You know, you you all have everything. Everything. Every other race has their own even within like how I say here in Chicago or Illinois, which, however you want to see it, but how we're segregated, right? Well, within all of these segregated cities in Chinatown, when you go to Chinatown in Chicago, you see nothing but Asian, the Asian community working in Chinatown. You, in every store, whether it's going to be a, a big box store or their stores, it's all their money circulating within their community. When you go to a Hispanic community, it's the same thing. They have their restaurants, everything. They're, they're running everything. When you go to the black communities, it's all of the races and then some that I named that are working in our community taking our dollars. We don't have anywhere where we are, we, we don't have any spaces. And so we have to stop letting 
other people penetrate our space, our spaces, because they keep diluting all this greatness that we have. Which I totally agree on that. Um, and it makes me think about the Black Wall Street. Um, and I wish that we can get back to that Black Wall Street moment to where we can have that yeah. Black dollar that's being uh, circulated back into um, our community. Um, and the push is coming and the push is coming Um you know, and, and, you know, definitely that, um, like, I want to give a shout out to Dr. Umar Johnson, um, you know, because he's putting in the work to open up the first independent school for black boys, you know, independent, mm-hmm. not chartered, independent that's coming from the black dollar. Yes, we can hear about other people that's opening up schools, of course, they're getting funded from non-blacks. But when you talk about a brother that's getting a dollar specifically from us, I tip my hat off to that brother. Um, and I also want to give him a shout out um, because his brother's putting in the yeah. work, um, definitely putting in the work. Um, so do you have any closing remarks? Um, I do. I want to also piggyback that and say, Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Omar. And we want to also say that he does have the school. I have physically seen him on the scene of the school. It's three buildings. So shout out to him for actually getting the property. Because some people keep saying, where's the school? He has the school. He has it. He goes live all the time there picking up the trash outside and cleaning up. So shout out to him. I do agree with you. That's some dope, dopeness. Okay. But also just in closing, I want people to start finding their voices and to start speaking up about, you know, not even as a collective, as a community, it starts with you yourself. You know, a lot of people can't speak up as a whole because they can't speak up even as an individual. So for you as an individual, start speaking up when people invade your space, your comfort zone and things like that. Like you don't have to put up with those type of things. And whether that be a black or non-black, you know what I'm saying? Just start speaking up for yourself and for your space. And then maybe we can all figure out how to do that collectively together and get back to holding more sacred spaces in larger numbers because there are smaller numbers that are doing it. I've seen it and been a part of it where we maintain that and this is just our space. So speak up for yourselves and speak up for your space. Oh, also, you guys can catch me at bossconversations.com or on my YouTube page, Janaea D23, J-A-N-E-A-H-D 23. Already, already. I would like to thank my guests for coming on. And on that note, my name is Terrence J, and we out.
Look how I'm kicking up. Hey, I'm so pretty. I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm on Giddy. Watch me move. This is Sully. That's a tool. Yeah. On my Kodak. Yeah, I can't look in the backyard. Yeah. My very life is a dog. Party. 